like to welcome you to the first day of our seminar on Bhagavad, Srimad Bhagavatam at a glance, Canto 1. So today we're going to go over the first nine chapters of Canto 1. And inside this book, there's a poster. And you're seeing the poster now up on the screen. This is the whole first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. And each of the petals is a chapter of the first canto. So we are going to go from chapters one to chapter six today, and we're gonna learn lessons in each picture. So I'm gonna tell you the lessons that we learn, and then I'll ask you at the end of the picture, what lesson did you learn? So listen carefully for the lessons. Um, in this picture, um, we won't have lessons. We will have in the in the when we start the chapters. In the chapters, there will be a picture for every verse of Bhagavatam. We won't go through all the verses because that'll take too much time. But we will go through sections. Here we see four sections for the whole canto. We're going to go through the first two, Narda and Vyas. Um, we will see how. Uh, Mangalacharan, that is a auspicious invocation, questions of the sages, and the process of change of heart that Narada Muni went through and he was telling Vyasadeva. Here we see Krishna in Hastinapur. Tomorrow he will go to Dwaraka. And uh, we see Vyasadeva meditating on Krishna. And then Krishna is driving Arjuna's chariot. Kunti Devi and Bhishma. So this will be today's class. Here is the first chapter, part one. And the first part is three verses of Mangalacharan, auspicious invocation. And so in these verses, Vyasadeva is offering obeisances to Krishna and he's describing his meditation on Krishna. So Krishna is he from whom everything is emanating. So it's a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra because it, they both start the same way, John Madhyasiyatha. And it's also a commentary on Gayatri Mantra because the end of the first verse is Timahi, I meditate. I meditate. Now, so we get here also benedictions in the second verse is described why Srimad Srila Vyasadeva wrote Srimad Bhagavatam that he was thinking about the poor living entities and he wanted to distinguish truth from illusion. So that's this verse, verse 2. And he gives a benediction that anyone who will listen submissively and attentively, he will capture Krishna in his heart. And not only that, he tells what is the qualification to understand Bhagavatam, you must be non-envious. So this is a lesson. This is our first lesson. In order to hear Bhagavatam correctly, you must be non-envious. And you must hear attentively and submissively. And the benediction, you will get Krishna in your heart if you hear attentively and submissively. So this second verse is also connection between Bhagavad Gita 
and Srimad Bhagavatam. We say that first we read Gita, then next comes Bhagavatam. So what's the connection? It's right in the second verse. Because Gita ends in the 18th chapter, give up all varieties of religion and surrender to me. And here, beginning of Bhagavatam, it says, we reject all varieties of cheating religion. So right at the beginning, it's rejected from Srimad Bhagavatam. Now the third verse, Bhagavatam is like a ripened fruit, like these mangoes under the Zayachi of Vedic literature. So Shukadev is urging us to drink Srimad Bhagavatam, it's like a juice. Rasa, it is a rasa, it is juice. Because it has been churned by Shukadev, it has been made into a juice. The second section here, sages worship Sutta, and there is a lesson here because the purpose of Bhagavatam is explained. There are two reasons why Bhagavatam is spoken for the pleasure of the Lord and the benefit of the people of this world. So that's the second lesson we learn here. What is the purpose of Bhagavatam? And that is here. The sages ask six questions and one of the questions, two of the questions is about um, what is the ultimate good for people and what is the essence of all scriptures and they ask about the incarnations so most of these questions will be answered in the first canto but then the whole Bhagavatam will be answering these questions now the next section is so here the sages are asking questions and here the holy name is glorified and the devotees, holy name and devotees, even death personified is afraid, even if you chant unconsciously. I will read. So this book is based on this book, Canto One. If you want a copy, you can get it after class for twenty bucks. So it's a picture for every verse of Canto One, along with the poster of Canto One. So I'll read verses fourteen and fifteen. Forgot my glasses. Souls in birth and death enmeshed will find their consciousness refreshed by chanting Krishna's holy name which frightens fear and spoils his game. Sages take shelter full and complete at Lord Krishna's lotus feet. They thus can quickly sanctify as Ganga does as years go by. So Ganga takes a long time. If you just see a pure devotee or serve him, then immediately you can get purified. And here's uh, how fear personified is afraid of the chanting. So this is the, the third lesson here, is to chant Hare Krishna and become servant of the servant and you will go beyond birth and death. So the last part here is about the spiritual master, how he's the captain of the boat to take us across this ocean of Kali. So here we have Guru steering our boat. Okay, so we learned three lessons here. Does anybody remember one lesson? Yes? Right. We wrote it down. Oh, that, yes. Remembering means writing. Uh, in order to hear Bhagavatam, one must be non-envious. Non-envious, to hear Bhagavatam. Good. Any other lessons? There were some more lessons here that we learned. The purpose of Bhagavatam? Yeah, remember that? For the benefit? For the please the Lord? 
and to benefit the people. And the third lesson, the last lesson we learned was about chanting the holy name, yeah, and serving the pure devotee. We will get liberation. We will go back to Godhead, transcend verse and death. Okay, so that was the whole of chapter one. Now chapter two has two parts. The first one, the Sutta worships Shukadev, because he heard Bhagavatam from Shukadev. And then real dharma. So the first two questions are answered here, that uh, the ultimate good for humanity and the essence of all scriptures is pure devotional service to Lord Krishna. That's the lesson too. What is the lesson? The ultimate good for humanity and essence of all scriptures is pure devotional service. And if you want to be happy, then you should do it without any motive and without any interruption. And that will satisfy yourself. So, here we have now the Absolute Truth, Brahman Paramatma Bhagavan, and Varnashram also is to please Krishna. And here we have chanting the holy name again. It's all through Bhagavatam. Chanting the holy name is emphasized. And here he's cutting a, a dense forest of material life by remembering. I'll read that, that verse, verse 15. To cut through karma with a sword, remember Krishna, the Supreme Lord. Who will not listen to Krishna Katha, intelligent men, know this path goes far. So by remembering Krishna, he cut our karma. He's cutting all his karma here by remembering the sword of remembrance. So we learned actually two lessons. I don't, uh, the second lesson I think I forgot to tell you. The purpose of an ashram is to please Krishna. And the first lesson was about answering two questions. What is the ultimate good for humanity and what is the essence of all scriptures? Does anybody remember the answer? What is that lesson? Pure devotional service, very good. And pure devotional service was described as being without motive and without um, interruption. And that will satisfy itself. Great. So we're on chapter two, part two of first canto, picture for every verse. Here's Shada to Prema. By, by serving the pure devotees, you get faith. And then by chanting, the Lord in the heart takes away all your material desires. Then Nashta Preshavadeshu, always serve Bhagavatam, and you will get Nishta. So if we read Bhagavatam, we will be with Krishna. This is the lesson that you learn in this verse, verse 18. The lesson again, always serve Bhagavatam, always hear Bhagavatam, and you will come to the level of Nishta, or fixed devotional service. Read Bhagavatam to be with Krishna. So here, passion and ignorance are running away, and you become fixed in loving service to Krishna and all your karma is finished, you see the Lord in the heart. So this is Shada to Prema. Now here this one is called Vasudev. All your activities should be done for the pleasure of Vasudev. And I do want to read you that verse 18. 
Hearing Bhagavatam each day for sure in service to the devotee pure removes anarthas and makes you ready for devotional service that's always steady. Again, that lesson. So here, Vasudeva is everything. He's the goal of all the different paths. That's shown in this picture of this verse here. And of all the demigods, we should reject the other demigods and simply worship Lord Vishnu. Three Purushas, they are, the three Vishnus are described here, answer to more questions about the Purushas they asked. Third and fourth questions, what is the cause of the Lord's appearance and about the Purushas. So does anybody remember the lesson? You do. No. Oh, you thought I was talking, yeah, that's an easy answer. Vishnu, three, uh, the three Purushas. You know the three Purushas, right? Is that the answer you were going to give? Good. So what lesson did we learn here about Bhagavatam? Yeah, if we always read Bhagavatam then we will get Nishta. Yeah, our steady devotional service. Okay, chapter three. Purusha avatars, again we hear about Vishnu, but here are all the Leela avatars. All the Leela, Narada Muni, Varaha, Four Kumaras, Narada Rayana, Matsya, Kurma, Mohini, Narasimha Dev, Lord Ram. Even Krishna Balaram are in this list. Buddha, Kalki, so, so many incarnations. I'll read verse 26. of chapter 3. The Lord's incarnations flow endlessly like rivulets from a boundless sea. His innumerable forms, all divine, appear by His transcendental deeds. So here we have chapter 3, part 2, Krishna, Bhagavan. Here's our lesson. The lesson is that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the origin of all incarnations. So Krishna is supreme, Krishna is the origin. So don't be doubtful that somebody else is the origin. All the incarnations are coming from Krishna and that is this theme of the Bhagavatam, that Krishna is the origin of all incarnations. Um, Krishna Bhagavan, Janardhan, that's here. These are talking about universal form and the unmanifested subtle form. Um, you refer to the gross elements, we can relate them all to Krishna. And here we have the rising sun of Bhagavatam. They asked a question, the sages asked a question about, now Krishna has left the planet, where is religion, where is knowledge, where can we find it? And the answer is, in Shima Bhagavatam. We can find Krishna, we can find knowledge, we can find religion, everything is there in Srimad Bhagavatam. So this is the lesson here, second lesson, that Bhagavatam is the literary incarnation of Lord Krishna. So if you want to associate with Krishna, read Srimad Bhagavatam. I'll read verse 43. 
The Bhagavad Purana, like the sun, has arisen, for men in this dark age have lost their spiritual vision. Krishna with knowledge and religion did depart, and now this Purana shall enlighten their hearts. Okay, we had two lessons in this picture here. Does anybody remember one lesson that we learned in this? Yes? Krishna is Bhagavan, Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna is to Bhagavan Swayam. You know the verse, very good. Source of all other avatars, incarnation. And what was the second lesson we learned in this picture here? What? Uh, Bhagavatam is a literary incarnation of Krishna. Very good. So we are beginning Srimad Bhagavatam. Now chapter 4, we have Shonaka's questions, asking about Pariksha and Shukadev about their lives. It's all about Shukadev questions. And then next part is Vyasadeva writes Mahabharata, and he divides the Vedas and gives them to different disciples. So history of the Bhagavatam. Here, unsatisfied Vyasa meets Narada. So each of these petals is a verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. So, and then the, there's also the verses in poetry form. Vyasa writes Mahabharata. In the last section, unsatisfied Vyasa meets Narada. Although he wrote Mahabharata, he wrote so many beautiful books, Vedanta Sutta, he's not happy. So why isn't he happy? Narada questions Vyasa, why aren't you happy? Then Vyasa questions Narada and he says, you know why, you're my guru, you should tell me why I'm not happy. So uh, Narada chastises Vyasa. He said, because you wrote so many books, but you didn't talk about Krishna enough. He didn't talk about Krishna. So here's a theme that goes throughout this first canto. Krishna is all auspicious. Without his presence, everything is inauspicious. So because Krishna was not there in Vedanta Sutta, and he was there a little bit in Mahabharata, but he was not featured as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Only Bhagavad Gita, little, little part. He was a chariot driver. Who would have thought he's God? He was a messenger. He was so many things to the Pandavas. But um, Gita establishes that he's God. He establishes. Uh, and Srimad Bhagavatam, without a doubt, establishes Krishna as God. So Narada chastised. I will read verses 10 and 11. The place Places of pilgrimage for crows. Here we can see some crows here. Where Krishna Katha never flows are disliked by genuine sages and saints who are always free from mundane tastes. So this is the newspapers, the internet, most of the internet, the majority, majority of Facebook, what's on your mind. It's not uh, so, so, so good for you to hear about what's on everybody's mind. Just imagine if you had a loudspeaker attached to your mind and people could hear what's on your mind the whole day. <laughs> well, enough good. So verse 11 tells, you should write about Krishna, but descriptions of the Lord are so different, being full of nectar, divine content. They bring about a true revolution for misdirected lives. They give the solution. 
So, now the last part here, so this is about writing good books and a revolution. The last part is Krishna uplifts the fallen devotee. So a devotee might fall down, but Krishna does not let him go. Krishna picks him up and protects him. I'll read verse 18. Mm. Happiness comes of its own accord, and misery too, due to karma stored. Philosophically inclined, intelligent men endeavor for going back to Godhead again. So yeah, you should not endeavor for happiness in this world. It's fleeting. And we will get, just like distress will come without us looking for it, happiness will also come without us looking for it. it it's, it's according to our karma, we will get happiness and distress. So therefore, it's recommended don't go for the, don't try, don't waste your time going for happiness, but you should serve Krishna. Spend the time serving Krishna. So the lesson from this last section is even if a devotee falls down, he's protected by the Lord. And what was the first lesson? Does anybody remember? Something about Krishna. Yes, very good. And if Krishna is not there, it's inauspicious. If Krishna is missing, then everything is inauspicious. And that's the whole, a lot in the first canto, we see that. We'll see especially tomorrow and today also. Okay, and what was the second lesson that I just told you about, also about? Yes, Krishna takes protects the fallen soul, fallen devotees. Fallen devotees. Krishna bless the fallen devotees. Right, now the second half of chapter five, everything for Krishna. So that's the first uh, lesson, and that the lesson, all endeavors, whatever you do should be used to glorify Krishna. If you're an artist, if you're a writer, if you're a scientist, you should use it to glorify Krishna, first lesson. So here in Narada's life, he's serving the sages as a small boy, and he's washing, he's eating the remnants of their prasadam. And I'll read verses 25 and 26. I ate their remnants one auspicious day, and all my sins were washed away. I was transformed, purified at heart, so as my spiritual life did start. I heard their talk so attentively, and my taste increased proportionately. They spoke of Lord Krishna and how he appears. I drank it all in with wide open ears. So that's how Narada became a devotee. He served the pure devotees, he ate the remnants, he heard their talks. And those devotees were called Bhakti Vedantas. Very interesting. So we are also hearing from Bhakti Vedanta, Shila A.C. Bhakti Vedanta. So I mean, reading his purports. So we can also become like Nara. This is another, that's a lesson too. We can just by following his example, hearing from the pure, observing the pure devotees. So then the second, uh, this third section, attraction for Krishna by hearing. Um, anyone can become attached and attracted to Krishna by chanting 
or praying while he's doing his work. And here, just glorify Krishna. So Narada, what did he get by glorifying? He went traveling and singing Hare Krishna and he got, first he got knowledge, then he got mystic powers. You can get mystic powers by chanting. And the third thing he got, which is even higher, what's higher than mystic powers, he got bhava, he got love of God. That's even higher than mystic powers. Even the yogis who have mystic powers, they don't have love of God here. So in our room, when he got that, by constantly chanting Hare Krishna. Okay, so lesson from the first section, everything for Krishna. What lesson did we learn there? And do everything for Krishna, yeah. All your endeavors should be to glorify Krishna. Chapter 6, Vyasa questions Narada. He wanted to know more about his previous life before he became Narada Muni. So Narada said, yeah, I was very attached to my mother, but, and I went to Gurukul, but then my mother was bitten by a snake and died, and so I left home, and I was traveling everywhere, in beautiful places and fearful places where there's lions. And then I stopped and drank some water and meditated under a tree, and, and then I saw the Lord in my heart, but then he went away and left me. So here the Lord speaks. He said, I'm, I'm sorry, but in this life, now you've only seen me once. This is to increase your desire for me. Because the more you hanker for me, the more you'll be free from all material desires. So you will not see me in this life again. So then Narada changes body. At the time of death, he gets a spiritual body, Narada Muni. He goes into Vishnu at, at the end of Brahma's day and he comes out again as Narada Muni, as son of Lord Brahma in this life. And he, he got a spiritual body, but he still appeared in this material world. And he's here as an incarnation, an incarnation of devotional service. So Narada travels after he came as Brahma's son. He's traveling all over the world, all over the universe. And he, he gives a lesson that all our cares, all our anxieties can, um, can be mitigated, can be stopped by constant chanting of the transcendental activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yeah, he's a Shakti Shanta. Yeah, he's not Vishnu, but he's a Jiva who has special powers. Special powers of, of spreading devotional service. That's his power. Chapter 7, Part 1, we have Vyasadeva's vision. He's seeing Maya. Behind Krishna, he's seeing Krishna, and then behind Krishna is Maya, capturing all the living entities. So he wrote Srimad Bhagavatam to take everybody out from this material world. And Bhagavatam has, if you hear Bhagavatam, you get free of three things, and this is our lesson. Uh, I'll read verse 7. By hearing Bhagavatam, love for Krishna sprouts and material illusion is kicked out. A feeling for his service is sown in the heart 
lamentation and fear those depart. So lamentation and fear are running away. Over here we see lamentation and fear running. And lamentation, fear, anxiety when you're in Bhagavatam class. Isn't that wonderful? So now all your lamentation, fear, and anxiety, illusion should be going away. Now, in this next section here, it's called, so that's the lesson. Lamentation, fear, and illusion go away by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. So the, the middle part is called Aparamas, even the liberated souls, like Shukadev, they wanted to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. I'll read verse 10. Souls who are not materially bound are self-satisfied, yet still they are found desiring to serve Him, the Supreme Lord. For in Krishna, such spiritual attractiveness is stored. So now, in this part, it's called Arjuna Chesha's Ashvatthama. There is a second connection of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Gita was spoken before the battle, and now this is, the battle is finished, this is after the battle. And after the battle, Ashwatthama has killed the five sons of Draupadi, and Arjuna is chasing him to kill him. So this is, so Bhagavatam begins where Bhagavad Gita ends. Anyone remember the lesson we learned here, what happens if you hear Srimad Bhagavatam? Lamentation goes, fear and illusion. Lamentation, fear, illusion, they all go away when you hear Srimad Bhagavatam. So today's your lucky day. You're hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. Over skin tone. Oh no, only half today and half tomorrow. Half today. Okay, so Brahmastra spoiled. Ashutama sent his Brahmastra, Arjuna prayed to Krishna, and, and Arjuna sent his, and then Krishna said, take both of them back, retract them. So he caught Ashwatthama, he tied him up with ropes, Arjuna's chest. So now, um, Jopati, he brought him to, he brought him to Jopati for punishment. And she says, oh, don't, don't kill him. Then he, he's our guru's son. And his mother lost her husband. Now she will lose her son too. So you spare him. But Bhima said, no, kill him. And Krishna said, no, you should kill him. And Yudhisthira was saying, no, you can spare him. So there, was, there were two sides. One was saying, kill him. One was saying, spare him. Yudhisthira agreed with Jopati. And afterwards, Krishna also agreed. But Bhima wanted to kill him. So Krishna, he had, he, and he said, you have to satisfy both of us. Kill and don't kill. That was Arjuna's test. So Ashwatthama punished. He punished him by cutting his hair in different places. And I think it was a permanent haircut. Like probably scars were there maybe. So he didn't get his hair back. And, um, and he cut off the jewel from his head. He had a special jewel. Which gave him power. And he, um, they drove him out. So he's in exile. They say, he's, they say that he's still wandering the earth. Some people say they have spotted him in Vrindavan. 
wandering with a wound on his head. Uh, so next time you go to Vrindavan, watch out. You may run into Ashvatama. <laughs> Be careful. Everything is in Vrindavan, the whole material and all the spiritual worlds. But he, yeah, he's cursed to wander the earth for thousands of years now. He was cursed. So he's just wandering. Just wandering. Okay, so let's see. Did we learn any lesson? No, not this time. Chapter 8, part 1. Um, this is first by Queen Quincy and Richard say. So Krishna consoles the Pandavas here. The battle is over and all the soldiers have died and they're all going to the Jumuna River and offering oblations of water. And here Krishna is saved. Uttara comes running to Krishna. Please protect my embryo, Krishna, in the womb. And so Krishna comes here and saves Krishna. So this is very nice. And Pariksha sees Krishna in the womb, and that's why he got the name Pariksha. It means examiner. He's always examining everyone to see if he can find that person who he saw when he was in the womb. So then Krishna's qualities, Kunti glorifies Krishna and his lotus navel, his lotus garland, his lotus everything, lotus feet, lotus eyes. And then she, we had the, we're reading these verses now from Kundi's prayers. She listed all the dangers that they went through, the burning house, the poison, the snake. And finally, uh, let those calamities happen again and again. And she also exp expresses her gratefulness for Krishna's protection. And she says, you become the property of those who have nothing. So this is a lesson. Krishna is easily approached by those who are materially exhausted. If you have nothing, then you can easily approach Krishna. And Krishna gives himself to you if you have nothing. So I'll read verse 21. Govinda and Vasudeva are his names. He delights rich Vasis with his games. He loves the cows. He's Nanda's boy. I bow down to him, Devaki's joy. So the lesson is Krishna is easily approached by one who is materially exhausting. So this is Krishna's protection here in the last section, and our lesson is there. So I just told you, so you probably remember, right? About Krishna's protection. If you're materially exhausted, then you get Krishna very easily. Yeah, don't pray for calamities. I should I should add that as a lesson. Don't imitate Queen Quinty. When she prayed, Krishna came really fast. So when you pray, I don't know how fast Krishna will come. But it's good if you pray to Krishna. You may not see him. Chapter eight, part two. Krishna's quality. No, Krishna's birth and activities. He, he came because he was paid for by Vasudeva Devaki, because the earth was overburdened, Brahma prayed. Many reasons why Krishna came. I'll read verse 31. 
You showed a Mataji bound you with a rope to correct your offense was her good hope. You were afraid and cried real tears, yet you aroused fear personified. Fears. So this is Krishna. Now a lesson we learn here, Krishna, Krishna's fears, uh, Krishna's birth and activities. It's in here. If you continuously chant the holy name and hear and you're happy if somebody else chants, then you will see Krishna's lotus feet. Now that's the lesson in this first section here. By chanting, you will be happy. Now Kunti's fear of separation here, she's, she's saying, you know, if you go, everything will be inauspicious. Here's our same theme again. Wherever Krishna is there, it's auspicious. If Krishna goes away, it's inauspicious. So that's our same theme we heard before with Vyasadeva. And I'll read verses 41 and 42. You are the universal soul, the personality who keeps things whole. O Lord of Madhu, let my attraction be drawn to you without distraction. As the Ganga River flows to the sea, let my love be drawn to thee. So this is Kunti's fear of separation, please don't go. And then Yudhisthira, Yudhisthira's lamentation, he cannot be consoled, even Krishna tries, and Krishna fails to console Yudhisthira because Yudhisthira is so unhappy, so many warriors died just because, so he could be on the throne. And he did a poor uh, sacrifice, but he didn't feel that this was going to counteract such a huge uh, fight, so much death and killing. So the sages and Krishna tried to um, pacify him, but he was not pacified. Okay. So remember, we had actually two lessons here. Does anybody remember one lesson? Wherever there is Krishna, auspiciousness. So she said, if you leave, everything will be inauspicious. And the other one was, if you're always chanting, hearing, remembering Krishna, and happy if other people chant, then you will see Krishna's Lotus feet. Okay, the last chapter for today is the chapter on Bhishma Day. Pandavas approach Bhishma. Nobody else can pacify you, is dear, and convince him to take up the throne. So they go, all the sages are coming, and all the, and the Pandavas are coming, and everybody's coming to see Bhishma Dev and to hear him. What is he going to say? How is he going to pacify Yudhisthira? So Bhishma, when he saw them, he was crying. He said, I don't know the plan of Krishna. Such good devotees like you are suffering. I mean, Yudhisthira is the personification of religion and Arjuna is the best archer and Bhima is the greatest, strongest man in this earth and Krishna is your friend and still you're suffering. How is it possible? So he was trying to see that, but he was happy to see that they won the battle. I'll read verse 15. How wonderful is time's influence, irreversible even in Yudhisthira's presence. The Lord, their companion and intimate friend, yet trouble for the brothers. 
have no end. So he told, he, he instructed you to steer. You have to accept the Lord's plan and you must follow it. Now you are supposed to be the king and you should take care of the subjects who are helpless. So the lesson here, although we may not understand the Lord's plan, we must try to accept it and execute it. We may not understand how things are happening, why things are happening, but we should try to follow the Lord's plan and execute it. Do our service, lesson number one. So here, that's Krishna's plan. Now Bhishma appreciates Krishna, and there's a very beautiful verse here. I'll read verses 23, 24. By devotion and chanting of the holy name, a dying devotee is released from mortal frame. Krishna appears in his servitor's mind and takes him home because he's so kind. My beautiful Lord with reddish eyes smiles at me as my life expires. May he await my moment of death. I will think of him with my last breath. So the lesson, Krishna appears in the mind of the devotee who attentively chants his holy name and Krishna saves him at the time of death. That was my near-death experience. I wasn't chanting, I was, but I was definitely having a near-death experience and I, everything was gone, everything was black, and I was conscious, and the Holy Name came. Krishna appeared in the form of the Holy Name. And he comes in the, in the mind of the devotee and protects him. That's the lesson, second lesson. And first lesson was about the Lord's plan. Remember that lesson? What's that? Even if you don't understand the Lord's plan, you should try to follow it and accept it and execute it. Good. Good. And the second lesson we just say about chanting the holy name. <laughs> If you chant the holy name at the time of death, Krishna will appear in your mind and will protect you and save you. Okay, this is the last picture for today about Bhishma. Bhishma instructs Yudhisthira about the Varnashram, about duties of the king, so many things. And uh, then he stopped speaking and Krishna was in front of him, he was ready praying to the Lord before he left his body. He glorified Krishna as part of Sarathi. He loved to see him running after him with a chariot wheel in his hand. And we learn a lesson here because Bhishma vowed to kill Arjuna. So Krishna kept Bhishma's vow. Krishna upholds his devotee's vow by any means. Plus he had another vow that Arjuna said, that my devotee shall never vanquish. He said, Bhagavad Gita, he said, Arjuna, you say it. So a lesson we learn is that Krishna upholds his devotees vow by any means. So he, this is the meditation of Bhishma at the time of death. Krishna with the rope and, and chariot, reins of the chariot in his hands, chariot driver, and running after him with the chariot wheel here. That is his meditation. Krishna. And the last section, Bhishma goes back to Godhead, devoted to demigods are showering flowers, 
and he has his wish, he sees Krishna in his forearm form uh, before he leaves his body. So anybody remember the lesson from this section here on Bhishma Dev? What? Yes, Krishna upholds the devotee's vow by any means. Okay, you have any questions on, on this, these first nine chapters of Gendo 1? Yes? Yeah, because his meditation was on Narayan, actually. That was his, his, his attachment was Narayan. He was attached to Narayan, the forearm form of Krishna. That's why it's according to who you're attached to. So if you're attached to Krishna, you'll go to Krishna. And if you follow Gornitai. If you worship Gornitai, then you'll go to Goloka. And also Navadvip, or maybe Navadvip, or Goloka, or both. You can go to both at the same time. In the spiritual world, you can have two, two bodies instead of one. It'd be two places at once. That would, that's quite an interesting idea. I, with modern psychology, they would call it schizophrenia. <laughs> two different personalities. But spiritually, you can do things that you cannot do in this world. You can do it and not be crazy. You'll do it and be happy. Okay, any other questions or comments? So today's, these pictures you saw up here are from this book, Bhagavatam at a glance. Anybody who wants a copy can get it for $20 after class. And tomorrow we will do the, the last 10 chapters of Canto 1. And we'll see how Krishna leaves Hastinapur, goes to Dwaraka, and we'll see the birth of Parikshit, all the forecast for his future, what happens to Dhritarashtra, how the Pandavas go back to Godhead, and how Parikshit meets Kali. That will be tomorrow's last ten chapters of Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay, Hare Krishna. Our voice to Shri Prabhupada.